Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Grief is not something that you get over or you need to move on from. The depth of grief measures the height of love. Those are words from my guest today, Jan Warner. She believes that the goal is not to have grief disappear, but rather to be fully alive with grief, to have our loved ones' lives matter more to us than their death. Are you ready to meet her? Jan Warner's used her master's in counseling and her training in NLP and hypnotherapy while working in child abuse prevention and suicide prevention. When her beloved Artie died nine years ago, she felt as though she had died too. She decided to honor his memory by making herself available to grieving people the way that he as a recovering alcoholic had made himself available to alcoholics and addicts. She decided it would give her life meaning even if she only reached one person. Now she has a Facebook page, Grief Speaks Out, which is a supportive worldwide community with more than 2 million likes. It was like at 2.4 million likes when I was over there today. Her new book is Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss. She's produced documentary films and an off-Broadway play. She has been to all seven continents, and her favorite role in life is being a grandmother. You can find out more about Jan and her work at facebook.com slash griefspeaksout. Jan, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Let's start by maybe can you let the listeners know a little bit about Artie. Yes, uh, Artie walked into a bookstore I owned such a long time ago that they didn't have cell phones. The phones were connected to the wall, and there was this instant chemistry between us, but it took him a month to call me. And he was older than I was, and he lied to me about his age. And we had this really deep, loving relationship that I didn't know how strong our relationship was until, oddly enough, after he died. I assumed that when he died, that because he also had terminal cancer, so it wasn't a surprise in that way, that I would be sad, and I would miss him greatly, and I would go on in my life. Instead, I felt totally annihilated. I felt like I wasn't a person anymore. I thought maybe it was my job as a loving wife to kill myself and be with him. And as I started to try and get help, missing this really strong personality that held my kite strings so I could soar because we were very independent, I started to get help from different places and was often told that in six months to a year I should be over it, which I thought was utterly ridiculous because why would I stop loving somebody? And so over the past nine years, what I've learned is how to, my, how to honor him best by making my life full and rich and have moments of collapse. But the grief isn't something that ends. It's just something that you can tame and learn how to live with. One of the things that I love about this book, and the book is Grief Day by Day, is that like Artie did in the brief moments that I knew 
Artie, because for full disclosure, I have loved Jen for maybe, what, 30 years now, 25, 30 years now. The few the few no, no knowings that I have about Artie is that he met you right where you were and there was no nonsense with him. One of the things I like about Grief Day by Day is that this is structured in a way that meets people right where they are. You don't have to be a certain way to show up. You don't have to feel a certain way to show up. All you need to do is show up for the book and turn the page. And there is something that's available for you to learn from. Did you have that in mind as you put this together, the way you put it together? I was given an outline by the publisher. There are 52 topics, one for each week of the year. And the way I decided to structure the topics was to make them real. For example, there are topics like despair, anger, confusion, things that happen to grieving people that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But I also wanted to have what I call resting spaces. So every five weeks, there's something like hope or beauty or music. So you can pick up the book and say, this is how I'm feeling today, or this is what I need to hear today and read quotes from people much wiser than I am, my commentary, and then there's an exercise that you can do. The comment I was given by my editor often was, could you cheer this up a little bit? Could you make this more encouraging? And I always said no, because if I'm talking about despair or wanting to commit suicide, that's not where to be cheerful because I feel that's disrespectful to what you're feeling. If you go to hope or if you go to faith, that's where the consolation comes. That's where the cheering up is. And I didn't want to mix the two. I didn't want, it's not a book that says, hey, cheer up. It's going to be okay in two days because that's, that's not realistic. And the last two topics are acceptance and healing, and they both have question marks after them because some people do get to acceptance. Some people do feel healed. But for me, I feel as though I'm healing. I will be healed when I die. For me, I know my husband's dead. I'm not delusional. But there's part of me that wakes up in the morning and goes, oh, my goodness, he's still dead. So that's the most important thing for me about the book in terms of working with people who are grieving for a day, for a year, for 10 years, for 70 years, but also to educate other people that this is what grief feels like. And it's a struggle and it's not easy but there are also ways of being, I couldn't have said this in the first year, being inspired. Um, I, I had the great privilege of meeting Isaac Mizrahi, who's absolutely brilliant. And he said, you're so lucky. And I kind of looked at him and I said, why? And he said, you got to spend so much time with somebody you love, and now you get to grieve for them. Because a lot of times when people die, people say, I'm so glad they're dead, they're out of my life. So that process of saying, how can I be happy and grieve at the same time and have my husband's life inspire me instead of have grief deaden me all the time? You're talking about places where there's um, a lack of understanding about what grievers go through. And for someone from the, from the outside a well-meaning person or somebody who's scared or somebody who doesn't know what to say or what to do, what can you say to them? Because it, that the, the hearing what you said about the therapist who told you you'd be over it in six months, yeah, it's complicated, but you'll be done in six months. 
that's, it sounds mean and I'm sure it wasn't meant that way, but it's, as you say, it's not respectful. What can you say to people who are on the outside of it for, for now? Well, my favorite thing to say, to say to people Dell, is whatever you need me to say, pretend I just said it (laughs) because the truth is what makes one person feel good makes another person hurt or angry my favorite one is your grief is so new because that means that the person understands that even though grief goes on for a long time, it still feels new. You can be having a, I can be having a perfectly wonderful day and I see something or I hear something or a thought comes in my mind and I like the word thwacked. I feel like just thwacked and like I'm starting all over again. I'm not. So that understanding The second thing is, I was very proud of this. A friend told me that she was with somebody whose mother had died 10 years previously. And before knowing me, she would have told the woman that she was stuck and she needed to get over it. But instead, she said, would you be willing to tell me what it is that you miss about your mom? And that opened a space for the woman to talk about all the times in her life that she wanted her mom to be with her and she wanted to share things with her and why after 10 years it was still sad that her mother wasn't alive to be with her. Now I've heard about those Kubler-Ross, the stages of grief, and there is a kind of a, like a packaged idea about mourning that you go through those in the correct order and then you come out the other end and you're done. That's not how it is, is it? No, and it's not even how Elizabeth Kubler-Ross thought it was. I was supposed to not use more than two quotes from the same author in the book, but I was allowed to use several from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross because she talks about the fact that there are stages of grief, but they're not orderly, and you don't go through them like in Well, I'm repeating myself. You don't go through them in order, but it's more than that you may do the same one over and over again. Like you could do acceptance on Friday and then two months later, everything falls apart and you start building it again. And she also talks about the fact that your grief can deepen around the holidays or that there's a space in your heart that belongs to that person. So if you're a widow or a widower and you remarry and you're in love, Again, that doesn't mean that that space doesn't still belong to that person. So the stages of grief are often misinterpreted as, you know, you do one, then you do two, then you do three, then you do four, then you do five. It's just not that way, even according to her. Now, on your um, Facebook page, Grief Speaks Out, which has really taken off. I was there today. It's like 2.4 million people who are reading and posting and paying attention. And even if they're not posting, they are reading and I hope learning from the things that are on the page. Can you say a little bit about what led you to, to start the group and how interaction happens there on a daily basis? Sure. I, for the first six months, I think it's important to say this because it's important to stay alive because I feel that we have work to do here. For the first six months after my husband died, I really seriously considered suicide. And then I realized I couldn't. I couldn't give the grief that I was feeling to people that knew me and loved me or even some random stranger that would find me after I had died. So then I had to figure out 
what to do with my life. My husband was a recovering alcoholic who made himself available to other addicts and alcoholics every day. It came first. And I thought, okay, I feel like a waste of space. My husband was a little bit of a thug. So he liked for us to call each other our raison d'etre, reason for being. So my reason for being was dead. How do I find a new reason for being? And I thought, well, I'll write a blog. I'll be available to other grieving people. And I thought, and I always keep this in mind, if I reach one person, that's enough. After I wrote the blog for a bit, somebody said, you should start a Facebook page. So I did. And I really am an extremely ordinary, ordinary person. I'm not like this special magic person. I just get up in the morning and sometimes it takes me a couple of hours to get started. And I remember trying so hard to get those first hundred likes and thinking a thousand likes would be respectable. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have over 2 million likes from almost every country in the world. And I believe it's because I don't think any culture really accepts the simple fact that it's okay to keep grieving, that it's okay to keep feeling sad, to have, I, I once asked somebody if she needed extra help and she said, no, I just wanted to know that I wasn't crazy. So Grief Speaks Out is a place where you can either just look at what is being written or you can participate. People present me with questions, and I make them the question of the day. And so you find out that if somebody died and you left their room the way it was the day they died for six years, somebody else left it that way for 10 years. If you are having trouble remembering things. So are a lot of other people. And I'm humbled and surprised. It's hard for me to take in that people actually find comfort on the page and that it encourages them that if you, if you respect the darkness and the struggle, then you can suggest the little bits of light that filter through that you may not even be noticing that might already be happening to you and to watch somebody there was, there's one woman I always think of whose husband had committed suicide. And when I'm sorry, people don't like that phraseology whose husband had taken his own life and she was wanting to take her own life as well. And this was about four years ago and now she's engaged her, one of her sons just graduated high school She's really happy. She still really misses her husband, and she'll post every year on his birthday. But to see the ability of people to change because of something I've posted or a person they've met, a lot of people make friends outside the page because it's international. There was a woman whose daughter had been murdered that said, now I'm international. I have a friend in Liberia and one in Australia. It, it, it just, it, it almost has a life of my own, uh, a life of my own. I guess that's partly true. <laughs> <laughs> a life of its own. And I am, I don't know if my husband is leading me, but it feels like he is because it was his work. It was his life that inspired me. When he first died, I just always thought of him as being dead. 
now most of the time when I think of him, I think of him as being alive and forceful and loving and all the relationship issues we had and all the relationship joys we had. And I really want his life to matter. And so all around the world, people have heard his name. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a strange and it's, it's also example, people criticize Facebook. Facebook is like life. It depends how you use it. There's like horrible places you can go and wonderful places you could go. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Jan Warner. Her new book is Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss. That Facebook group that we've been talking about is Grief Speaks Out. And you can find that online at facebook.com slash grief speaks out. So Jan, this book coming out has um it's been (laughs) it's making ripples all over the place and you shared a story with me right before we came on the air that i don't know if you want to tell on the air about the way that people see the book pick it up decide they need it and then they need a lot of them well this this was my favorite story my daughter who's 44 she's a grown-up ordered a box of books and just opened it and left it by her front door and a man who makes cabinets and is putting in shelves in her house walked in and said, Oh my goodness, are you okay? And she said, Oh no, that's just a book my mother wrote. And he picked it up and he opened it and he went, Oh, that's a good line. Oh, that's helpful. And flipped through it. And then he said, I want to buy the book. And she said, well, you could just have it. And he said, no, I want to pay for the book. It's stories like that. They mean a lot to me. There are a couple of people without being asked who have bought an extra copy to donate to their library and put in a book plate honoring my husband. Mm. I used to say my husband was the most alive dead person I know, but there's a lot of alive dead people out there because we love them and we keep them alive. So I think what's going to happen with the book, and it's my hope, is that people will see it and buy it and give it to other people and keep it for themselves and It'll be steady sales. Uh, But the main thing for me is if you find it helpful, that's what I'm trying to do. Because I don't like selling things. I'm I'm quite shameless about trying to sell this. But I I don't like it. But it's it's just people say I articulate what they're feeling. I seem to have been given this gift almost of expressing grief in such a way that People find it supportive and life-changing, and I, 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 it's hard for me to take it in. But everybody says take it in, so I'm trying. <laughs> Can you talk about what it means to be a grief warrior and what it means to be a grief whisperer? Oh, I, I decided when they wanted me to write exercises. I also have training in hypnosis and a lot of other things. So the exercises will probably be a little different from ones that you're used to seeing in a good way. Some of them I know will be because I made them up. So I called them grief whisperer exercises. I started with saying grief warrior because grief is a battle that grieving people fight every day. It's not that the trauma happened on the day the person died. The trauma happens every morning when you wake up and you remember that they've died every day when you go through that day and that night and you know that they're not coming back. It's amazing how many grieving people beg their loved ones to come back out loud, even though they know they can't. So you have to toughen yourself in some ways. Cause I think of warrior in a good way, not as somebody who like goes out and randomly shoots people, but as somebody who fights for good. 
but I got the idea of the grief whisperer from people who work with dogs and horses and other animals and tame them with kindness. There's a, 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 psychologist, a psychologist named Dr. Stolaro who talks about finding a relational home for grief. His wife died of cancer. So here's this like tsunami wave of grief that's drowning me and burying me. And I can tame it after a while. I can say, thank you for coming to remind me how much I love my husband and how lucky I am to have had that kind of love in my life. Could you like just get a little bit smaller and go over to the side for a while and I'll come back and pay attention to you later. And in my experiences, there are still collapsing times. I, people say I have no complaints. I have complaints, and I don't mind a good wallow, and I don't think sadness or anger or negative emotions. It's what, what is it trying to teach me? Why am I feeling this right now? And not, is this normal? Either the huge tsunami wave of grief or the quiet grief or forgetting for a minute without feeling guilty that you're grieving and just have a good time. It's all just part of life. And the question isn't, is this normal? But is this serving the kind of life I want to have? I call it decorating the waiting room. Because if you feel that your life is nothing without the person that died, you still have this waiting room until you can be reunited with them. If you believe in that, that you can make absolutely wonderful. Hmm. I know we're coming right up to the end of our time with about four or five minutes left. If there's somebody listening who is in, who is grieving, who has maybe just experienced that loss and it is so new and so sharp, what would you like to say to them? Ouch. Hmm. I'm going to go back to what I said. Whatever you need to hear, pretend I just said it. You have the right to grieve in your own way, at your own pace. You have the right to your feelings. If people tell you, even if they're professional people, that you get over it in a certain amount of time, I have two million people who will tell you that's not true. I had one person write, that they had grieved for their daughter for 74 years. But at the same time, you're in the middle of this utter chaos that often comes with new grief. You won't be in the same place in nine years. You will find ways of honoring the person that you love who has died. You will find, you might find joy again. You might already have. It's going to change, but don't let anybody tell you how. That's going to happen for you. Oh, and I should say this. My two things for me that helped me the most were showing up and helping other people. So even at the beginning when I was like staying in bed and not doing very much, I could go on Facebook and find somebody that was struggling and think about them and post something to help them. And also to start showing up where life is because it might seep back in again. Even today, I make plans and I say I don't want to go, but then I might have a good time when I get there. But just take very tender care of yourself because what you are feeling is unlike, is probably unlike anything that you expected it would be. And it's being shared by people all around the world who, if they're brave, will tell you their story and you'll see yourself in it. Hmm. And remind us quickly how we can pick up our copy of the book, Grief Day by Day. 
It's uh, Grief Day by Day. My name is Jan Warner, and it's available at Amazon in the United States, England, Australia, and Canada. It's also available at Barnes & Noble online and at some Barnes & Noble stores. There is a, another book with a similar title coming out in November. That's not my book. I'm only saying that because somebody was, was, was had difficulty finding it. Um, Amazon has lowered the price to $10. Hopefully it will stay there, $10.54. So Amazon is the cheapest place to buy it at the moment. Mm. And also, as more and more libraries, you can ask, you can donate a copy to the library, but you can also ask your library to order it. So as more and more libraries get it, then it will be available for free. It's, there's also a Kindle edition. Yeah. And this is an important resource. It should be on everybody's shelf. And it would be worth it at quadruple the price. That's an editorial comment, by the way, from the staff here at Out of the Fog Radio. But it's an important well, resource. <laughs> it's if some... you would like to pay quadruple the price, let me no. know. <laughs> All right, I'll get a check in the mail right away. Jan, thank you for being on the program. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. That is Jan Warner. Her new book is Grief Day by Day, Simple Practices and Daily Guidance for Living with Loss, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, ask your library, ask your bookseller to order it. Let's get this on as many shelves as we can. You can find out more about Jan's work with the Grief Speaks Out group on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash griefspeaksout. And of course, I love it when you come over to karenhager.com. You can see what's happening in my world, classes and events and you can even book a private session with me if you're so inclined. That website is karenhager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we put our collective intention on change, that change can occur, please check out Opening the Peaceful Heart. That's a monthly free guided meditation where we gather with people from around the world to focus on peace. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. Oh, and thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.